0: Welcome to Strictly Jojo, a podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, where every Jojo episode is reviewed by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney. This is episode 12, and we're reviewing part two, Battle Tendency, The Pillar Man. As always, there'll be spoilers for this episode and anything that's happened previously in Jojo, so you've been warned. Before we dive into all things JoJo, let's quickly talk about the spring 2021 anime season. Because we're a few weeks in now, um, probably two, three weeks in, and I feel like it's a pretty good season, just not as great as winter 2021.
1: Yeah, winter 2021 left very high expectations for spring. Uh, Obviously, you had Attack on Titan that wrapped up, although... There's still the second part of the final season. Then Jujutsu Kaisen, um, Promised Neverland it was obviously a letdown. And you can hear more about that on our Strictly Anime podcast that Gold just came out. Go listen to it, man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, so far there aren't any standouts that I think um, that are emerging out of the spring anime season, unless you have something that you have particularly enjoyed so far
0: um so i am very pleasantly surprised by higehiro aka i shaved and then took home a high school girl hang on let me let me find this exact title for you guys
1: what an appealing title wait
0: for it so the official title translated is i shaved then i brought home a high school girl or high school runaway um it's I thought it was going to be trash, to be honest, just based off of that title and some of the imagery, some of the key visuals that I saw. But I'm very happy to say that I am wrong about that. It is a really, um, I don't know, it's a really gripping story. It's it's something that I think is going to end up being all the feels by the end of it. We'll probably end up crying. Um, but yeah, I don't know, on the surface, it doesn't seem like it's going to have such a a, a deep rich storyline it's basically for anyone who's not familiar it's about a high school girl who's run away from home and uses her body to make ends meet um and ends up meeting this guy who's i don't know he's technically like 10 years older than her but he's probably around 26 or so and he takes her in and helps her kind of get back up on her feet um, and kind of shelters her and encourages her to uh, kind of turn her life around. So I'll leave it at that. It's a really good show so far. It's not... Exactly, like totally PG-13. Um, so if you're going to watch it, just beware of who's in the room around you.
1: <laughs> mm, I feel like you have to say that with any anime.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, but it's so far, it's well worth the watch. I'm also really enjoying To Your Eternity. Um, and that is an anime that is by the creator of A Silent Voice. So you know it's going to be a very rich story. And so far, it is. Two episodes in. I'm still not sure what's going on, but I'm really enjoying what I'm watching so far.
1: Actually, I would say To Your Eternity right now is probably one of the front runners for the great anime of this season. That first episode, obviously, it's it's an emotional whirlwind. Um, and even the second one that just came out, um, it's a very dark. <laughs> I mean, it's humorous with the, the the girl that appears, but it's also very dark if you think about it.
0: Yeah, it is. There's some heavy themes in it, but overall, it's a very well done, very beautiful anime. And I'm looking forward to, you know, continuing along that journey.
1: I would say one disappointment that came out of the spring anime season so far was Goku uh, The Way of the House Husband, which is a Netflix ONA. Um, A lot of people were hyped about this because... Um, especially manga readers who really got into the the manga adaptation of this Um, but when everyone saw the first trailer that Netflix released for the way of the house husband uh, the animation style didn't appeal to everybody Um,
0: didn't appeal to me that's for sure
1: (laughs) yeah and you know I had high hopes because again people were hyping it up so much Um, but we watched it and it's only five episodes and they're Pretty much like snippets. Um, They're
0: like micro episodes embedded in actual episodes. So I think it's like you'll get like three to five episodes in an actual episode. So each micro episode is probably only like what five minutes? Not even because the whole thing is only fifteen minutes.
1: Yeah, and it's not necessarily in chronological order. And I again, I've never read the manga, so I don't know if if that was the case um, for the manga adaptation, but. For those of you who don't know, with the house husband, it follows this ex-Yakuza boss who retires from crime and becomes uh, the eponymous house husband. And it's just all these daily antics of him doing like house chores or going grocery shopping. But obviously he takes those almost as sort of like a like a code that he has to live by, similar to the Yakuza code. So the humor in it is is fantastic it's just the animation style it leaves a lot to be desired Um, and I know who was the studio that did this anime I'm pretty sure it was the same one that did the One Punch Man season two and I know the animation style of that was very critically panned so maybe there's not much of a surprise there but they did announce a season two for Way of the House Husband, so we'll see if they can pick up the pieces um, and make that a little bit better, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, I don't expect many changes. I think once they've stuck to these decisions, they're going to follow through with them to the to the season two. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I think it's funny. I think this show is definitely funny. The humor is spot on for most of these episodes but just some of the other choices that Netflix made um and the studio made i'm just i'm a little bit confused i think they took a risk and it's not quite paying off um but hey it's only 5 episodes that are 15 minutes long each so it's it's worth watching once just so you can mm-hmm. enjoy some of the the humor in it
1: if anything watch it for the person who voices tatsu the main character who is Kenjiro Suda you might know him of overhaul fame from my hero or um, kento nanami from jujutsu kaisen he has that nice very distinct raspy voice and it works so well for this and this ex yakuza boss who is working to be a house husband so yeah at least watch the watch the show for him because he does a fantastic job at portraying this yakuza boss yeah
0: his performance is really good But with that said, if you want to see our full watch list for the spring 2021 anime season, um, and if you have anything that you want to recommend, because we are definitely taking recommendations to add to our watch list, um, you can check out our full list on one of our recent posts on Twitter or on Instagram. And now, into JoJo. Here we are, episode 12, The Pillar Man. The
1: Pillar Man. The Pillar (laughs) Man. Mr. Pillar Man.
0: This is a great episode. It's interesting because... I think both of us agree that we really don't have like a lot to say, but there's so much that happens, but I think it's because it's all the same thing happening across this entire episode. Like it's a very mm-hmm. it's a very jam-packed episode, but when you think about it, there's only one thing that's happening the entire time, and that's the reveal of the Pillar Man, aka Santana.
1: Yeah, there's only two maybe three real scenes in this whole episode. The first one is obviously Joseph's showdown with, uh, they call him Donobang, um according to the Donobang. subs, but Donovan, um, in the beginning.
0: Oh, uh, is that what it's supposed to be?
1: Yeah, it's Donovan, and I'll, I'll go into that later. Oh, Donovan, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay.
0: <laughs> Donobang um, sounds pretty close to yeah. it.
1: <laughs> and then the second biggest scene out of this is obviously the introduction of the Pillarman and all the chaos that ensues um, within the German laboratory or facility in Mexico. Um, so I think, yeah, this, it's mostly an introduction to, again, I call him the mysterious muscular man from Mexico, um, showing his inhuman powers. And it seems that he is going to be a threat much bigger than Dio, which is going to be interesting. Um, and then you get a little bit of a mix of, you know, more of Joseph's charm, um, at the very beginning when he's facing Donovan and then a a nice taste of it at the end when he, oh, and then I guess the middle, um,
0: (laughs) You know what? All the time. <laughs> just all <laughs> yeah. the time. Beginning, middle, and
1: end of this episode, you get a little bit of Joseph's charm, so that's kinda nice. So let's just jump right into it with the synopsis for episode three of part two, The Pillar Man. It always feels like somebody's watching Josephu as he pulls over and faces a floating robe. Psych, it's actually Donobang, the German J. Leno assassin sent by Stroheim to get rid of our Hamon hero. Thankfully, Josefu is assisted by the digital monster Togemon to take down Donabang, through whom he learns that Uncle Speedwaifu is still alive. Josephu subsequently sneaks into the fortified German facility with the ultimate Hamon power of voice manipulation and cross-dressing. Baron Zeppeli must be beaming from Hamon heaven. At the facility, the Pillar Man wakes up from its slumber after slurping five Bloody Marys, and Stroheim lovingly names him Santana after the brisk winds of Mexico though the creature at first moves less than elegantly. He orders a prisoner-turned-vampire possessed by a stone mask to confront the Santana, but the Pillarman absorbs the prisoner whole and utters the German Major's name, demonstrating its rapidly growing intelligence. Intent on killing whomever woke him up too early from his 2,000-year nap, Santana contorts his body and creeps through the vents to get to Stroheim's observation deck, where he possesses one of the German soldiers and shoots finger guns to dispose of their comrades. All hope seems to be lost until who shows up in the nick of time as a disguised German soldier, using pieces of Stroheim's buzz cut to somehow set up a barrier to deflect Santana's attack. I guess you could say the situation is getting a little... hairy. And now on to our next segment of the show, is that a music reference, where we document any and all nods, homages, and tributes that this extraordinary anime makes to the ordinary world of music. Right off the bat, as I referenced in the beginning of this episode, we have Donovan, which is a reference to Donovan, who is a Scottish singer, songwriter, and guitarist who was good friends with several pop music icons, including the Beatles. Um, when I looked up his Wikipedia page, there weren't many songs that I recognized um, that maybe some of you might know, but and nothing of note, um, but you can check out the wikipedia page for his list of songs the second one which i think more people will be familiar with is obviously santana the subbed version calls him Santviento.
0: man those localizations <laughs>
1: <laughs> but obviously um, listening to the voice actors they're referencing carlos santana who is a mexican american rock guitarist who is also the head of a band named santana He's known best for maria maria is a song in reference to west side story and i think a lot of our generation knows him as the person who collaborated with rob thomas of matchbox 20 on the song smooth which i always hear uh, uh, growing up listening to the light rock radio station while my parents are driving i felt like that song came on every hour
0: same same
1: so yeah donovan and santana are front and center for this episode
0: And I'm sure we've mentioned this before, but we'll bring this up periodically throughout our JoJo adventure. But these localized names, um, pretty much JoJo didn't give a shit about U.S. copyright law, understandably so. But now when we're bringing that over to the U.S., um, we don't have the names as they're intended because whoever... I don't know whatever the studio is or whoever is distributing it probably doesn't want to have to pay up the wazoo for all of the copyright laws um, and all the naming you know all the naming whatever conventions um, for these actual artists and things.
1: so which is weird because yeah, Donovan and Santana, they're last names, so I wouldn't expect them to be copyright. And also you could argue that they are protected under parody law.
0: True. Very true. Um, But I guess
1: they don't want to risk that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, as we get further along, not to spoil anything, but as we get further along in JoJo, they'll even start to drop designers, um, fashion designers. So I think that's another another spot where we may see some localizations. Um, They also have tarot cards luckily we don't have to worry about localizations for those mm-hmm. um, we have italian words we don't have to worry about localization for italian words
1: it's yeah, i think the <laughs> the um the spelling of those characters yeah those characters it kind of follows the japanese pronunciation of the words so they're not <laughs> like the actual italian words but you can kind of you can kind of understand it once you listen to them.
0: But yeah, you'll, you'll just have to kind of, you will have to pick up on what's supposed to be a localization versus what's supposed to be the, the truly intended name. Because um, not all characters in JoJo are going to be subject to that localization just because not all of the names are supposed to be bands or fashion designers or what have you. So we'll we'll do our best as we go through this to to call out the actual intended name because I don't like using the localizations. I'll sometimes be confused by them, like Donobang. I didn't know it was supposed to be Donovan, so I was like, oh, Donobang, but mm-hmm. I get it now. So it's Donovan. I'll make sure to change that. Um, but yeah, we, we we typically stay true to the original names as they're intended.
1: Yeah, obviously the biggest one here was, again, Sant Viento is what the subtitle said, but you can hear the Japanese voice actor say Santana, or they say Santana. Um, so it's it's really jarring hearing one thing while reading a different thing so as as Courtney mentioned we'll we'll stick to what was originally intended
0: and for anyone who knows who's seen part five there's one localization in particular in part five that everybody fucking hates and I hated too and Carl's giving me a weird look from across the table I'll just say Oh, yeah. (laughs) So if you know, you know. I was trying to
1: figure out what the localization was.
0: (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of really bad localizations out there, but I think the one that I hate the most (laughs) is Zipperman. So I'll leave it at that. When we finally get Mm -hmm. to part five, um, we'll be able to talk more freely about that one. And now it's time for the JoJo meme rundown, where we list each new JoJo meme that appears in this episode. I have two, and they're two of my favorites, so I'm really excited to talk about them. The first one is Speedwagon. Speedwagon. When Speedwagon is questioning Stroheim's methods with the Pillar Man, he's saying, you know, he's basically panicking because you know that's what Speedwagon does best. And Stroheim, in his cocky manner, strolls over to Speedwagon while saying, Speedwagon. But well,
1: you forgot that <laughs> he 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 rinsed water um and gurgled water in his mouth oh that's plus. true yeah for some
0: reason he continues to gargle and spit so he gargles and spits and then strolls over to Speedwagon while saying speed the though i just love saying yeah. it as you can tell
1: <laughs> i was thinking when we watched this for the second time like what was the voice direction that they gave to this actor because i'm sure like in the manga like all you see is just the speech bubble and so it's kind of up to again the voice director or the voice actor's interpretation of how they want to pronounce that line. So I'm kind of wondering like what went through their head for the voice actor for Stroheim to to take this or to take Speedwagon's name and pronounce it this way.
0: Maybe in the notes it just says be as cocky as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Flamboyantly cocky. Yeah. The other meme that we have, which I think is a pretty popular meme is tequila joseph just all things mm. tequila joseph um i think there's one shot in particular of tequila joseph that makes its appearance on memes most often and if you want to see that particular shot it'll be our promo image for um for this episode of strictly jojo that we'll post on our twitter at strictly series and on our instagram at the strictly series so go take a look at it there But um, everything Tequila Joseph is just a meme in and of itself. Um, Yeah. I
1: love Tequila Joseph. (laughs) Is it the shot where it's like his one eye is lower than the other?
0: Yeah. And his chin, like he's looking (laughs) sideways and his chin is just fucking outrageous. I don't know how to describe it. All right. I'm going to pull it up.
1: Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. It's almost like if Picasso were given a chance to draw Joseph.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's like winking And then he's trying to make like a kissy face, but his jaw is just like the longest thing you've ever Mm -hmm. seen. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's a pretty sexy picture of Tequila Joseph, so you can put that up on your wall
1: or on your body pillow <laughs> Yeah.
0: No, wait now i want a tequila joseph body pillow <laughs> oh my god okay well those are the two memes Speedwagon and tequila joseph as always if we've missed any from this episode please don't hesitate to reach out to us because we want to make sure we acknowledge every single jojo meme and now on to the episode right off the bat i want to talk about that whole fight with donovan because that was just like out of nowhere. I don't yeah. know. It's one of those things where maybe he had a bigger part in the manga and David Production just decided to put him in for a hot minute to acknowledge him. I don't know because I don't read manga. Um but he was like posing this big threat to Joseph and then, you know, Joseph wins that fight and then that's it. Like you just you don't see anything else about Donovan the rest of the episode. Um so yeah, he's around for a hot minute. I just found it very interesting that He's supposed to be human, um, but he has this this ability to hide in like a cape or a robe or a piece of cloth or whatever it is. I'm like, how is that possible? What what is this logic here?
1: Yeah, I was kind of thinking of that because we had straight so as the the first so, I guess antagonist that Joseph faces in this part, and we understand like he gets his powers because he was he, he's a hamon master, and then he got the power of the stone mask. Here we're just introduced to Donovan, who's apparently just a an SS commando who's under or not straight uh, under Stroheim's orders, um, but there's no explanation for how he has this power to again, disappear and reappear through these floating robes it's kind of strange
0: yeah and he doesn't even chalk it up to like german engineering which you'll get (laughs) a lot more of as this part progresses Mm -hmm. he just is i don't know he just like that's all i can describe it as like he just is (laughs) yeah
1: and i know they mentioned in the last episode like you know the nazis i guess in the context of this show were so fascinated with like the supernatural and the occult that maybe Donovan was a product of like the Nazi experimentation. But again, there's no context to any of that. He just appears.
0: Yeah. And that in his like character design is so odd.
1: A German jail I know.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, he's got the biggest butt chin I've ever seen in my life. Like that crack goes so far up his chin. I don't <laughs> understand it. But more so, his eyes have those weird, like fleshy parts to them. Um, he sticks his tongue out the entire time. I'm like, I just don't understand this character. So again, my assumption is that maybe he plays a bigger part in the manga and he's just being dropped in here momentarily as like an homage to this character in the anime. But I'm just going to say Araki forgot. <laughs> yeah.
1: I feel like it's more of that villain of the week or villain of the chapter intention here. They just yeah. He just wanted to give Joseph someone that would be his obstacle before he goes into the German facility. So yeah, it feels get, like like it feels like Donovan's just a one and done character. You get
0: a lot of that in, in part one. Um, but I feel like those those enemies usually stick around a little bit longer than Donovan does. But mm-hmm. that's fine. We'll we'll get more of these I'm sure as they progress. Um
1: one quick thing before we move on, I just wanted to call out that I I don't know why I noticed this detail, but seeing the heat lines during that scene between um, Joseph and Donovan, I thought was a very, very nice attention to detail for David Production to add. I'm sure it's not like actually animated. It's more of like a visual effect, but, you know, it, it just, it conveys like the heat of the Mexican desert that they're facing. I don't know. I just thought that was a neat detail that they added. They didn't need to, but they did.
0: I'm with you there because I remember when I called out in Joseph's first episode, or no, second episode, when he first meets Stroheim, he you can see his breath because it's cold Not out. Stroheim straight so oh, I mean so. I'm gonna do that a lot. When he first meets so, you see his breath and even comments like, Oh, how come I can't see your breath? And I just love mm-hmm. those little details. Um, so I can totally understand that here, you know, the the, the added detail to emphasize the heat in the desert. Yeah. That's always nice. Those little touches I think bring the, the show to life. Mm-hmm. After the fight with Donovan, um, I have to call out Joseph's reaction to hearing about Speedwagon. I mean, seeing Joseph's tears as he's talking about Speedwagon being alive and how happy Edina will be to hear the news was just incredibly incredibly heartwarming um he says that he's going to rescue his uncle and reunite him and his grandma erina and that he's looking forward to um coming home to Edina's smiling face and like moments like these are a huge part of the reason that i love joseph so much this is i mean he's my favorite jojo Out of the Jojo's, (laughs) which I don't think is much of a spoiler that there are multiple Jojo's, Um, but it's like that coupled with his goofy personality. He's just the whole package for me. He's not perfect, right? Like he's not a gentleman like Jonathan was, Um, you know, even Speedwagon says it this episode that he's got this brashness to him. Um, That kind of sets his personality apart from others. But, I mean, he, time and time again, is always focused on his family. And that's his driving force for everything that he's doing right now in this this part two. And I just love it. I just love it so much. And he's hilarious. I don't know. I could just gush about Joseph all day long.
1: Yeah, I think with Joseph, they've struck a nice balance between again, the noble qualities of the Joestar family with this relatable aloofness um, that you that a lot of people like to identify with, with protagonists. Um, so this was, again, ni- a nice reminder. And it's interesting because you don't actually see Joseph crying. You just see the one tear um, of, like the one teardrop falls on either his, his glasses or on the motorcycle, and then he puts the glasses on. So I thought that was interesting.
0: I think it's him trying to keep his composure, mm-hmm. um, but he can't help but shed a tear—a tear of joy—to know that his uncle Speedwagon is alive. I mean, when he first found out about Speedwagon's death in you know a previous episode, he didn't cry. He just beat the shit out of the guy for saying that in front yeah. of Granny Arena. But then when he shoots up so and says he's doing all of this for, to re- to avenge. Speedwagon, you get that shot of him, like, tears streaming down his face. Oh, that's true. So his timing, I think the timing of when he lets out his emotions is very deliberate. Um, it just depends on what he's got going on. And here he's, my, I chalk it up to, he's got a mission, right? Like, he knows that something's going down at this German facility. He knows that Speedwagon's alive. He doesn't have time to kind of focus on those emotions. But he still mm-hmm. takes a second to reflect on his end goal of reuniting his family. Yeah, So I think the most logical way to talk about this episode is just to talk about the Santana reveal all in one go because we kind of get things that happen in between that. But I just kind of want to like talk about that in its entirety.
1: You don't want to talk more about uh, Tequila Joseph? I mean, we can. I was going to (laughs) save it for the end,
0: but we can do it now.
1: No, we can go on to... I only have one thing to, to say about that scene, but we. You know what?
0: I only have one thing too. So let's talk about it. Now. <laughs> so, Tequila Joseph, my only comment, besides the fact that he's fucking amazing and it's a great meme, where the fuck did he find a dress that size? The guy is six foot four and mm-hmm. huge. He's fucking built, and yet he found a dress that size.
1: Actually, yeah, because he's in the middle of the desert when he faces Donovan, and then he, he scouts ahead uh, at the German facility, and there's it doesn't show any other town within the vicinity
0: yeah and i doubt that he found a woman six foot four and built like him where he mm-hmm. could have borrowed her dress
1: unless he just packed it you know just in case although that's you kind know, of weird for him to just pack a, a random dress
0: <laughs> yeah i'm gonna i'm just gonna suspend my disbelief on this one just because it's tequila joseph and i love it
1: the one thing i wanted to point out with tequila joseph is when he faces those two german soldiers who see through his disguise he ends up using the tequila bottles, or he uses hamon through the tequila bottles to dispose of these soldiers, right? And I looked this up. Tequila is a distilled beverage made from fermented sugars of the agave plant, which means they don't contain water. Oh, so how was Joseph able to utilize hamon through the tequila?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm being too technical, but you know, I we, when we rewatched the episode. It looks like he's just forcing the corks out of the bottle. But still, you would need some kind of energy within the bottle to... to to force the corks out, right?
0: Well, it's kind of similar to how... and Okay, you'll have to forgive me because honestly, the Hamon logic is very confusing, so I might be overlooking something. But when he pulls out Stroheim's hair and then uses that as that Hamon shield against the bullets at the end of the episode, he then comments saying that Stroheim's hair is super dry Mm -hmm. and that if he doesn't moisturize, he's going to go bald later. But I'm like, if Hamon needs water to resonate through even like human body parts, then how did he make such a perfect shield against like rapid-fired bullets (laughs) when it's that dry (laughs) who knows
1: maybe there was still enough moisture in the hairs to utilize them but you know it's it's jojo logic that's all we can chalk it up
0: to okay so santana where to even begin with this the entire santana arc is A fucking roller coaster in this episode. You have Stroheim who's standing there, cocky as fuck, underestimating Santana. And then on the flip side, or on the other side of the coin, I don't know, whatever phrase you want to use there, you have Speedwagon who's trying to warn him to not get too cocky. And Really, Speedwagon's the only sensible one in the room, asking the right questions like, is he intelligent? Did he hear you? Where is he coming in? Or do the vents connect to this room? So, you know, Speedwagon being the smart one in the room um, happens to be the only one who's locked up and can't move. (laughs) But they go from laughing at Santana to freaking out about him, back to mocking him, and then to being utterly terrified of him. Like, it's just... The whole thing is crazy. Like it's just it's just crazy.
1: Yeah, this remind, this whole scene reminds me of that quote. I think it's from Jurassic Park, where like these scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Like, they acknowledged that, um, what's his name, Santana or the Pillar Man or whatever is supposed to be like this ultimate being, and you know Stroheim laughs at him when. Santana first emerges from the pillar because he's so clumsy. But like you, you you learn that this Pillar Man is very powerful to the point where he's able to learn Stroheim's name in over the course of a minute, despite being asleep for over two thousand years. So it's like you can't underestimate this this being that's emerged from this pillar that also contains the stone masks that also absorbs all this blood for some reason. It's like you brought this this horror upon yourself.
0: Yeah, it's that that German Nazi um, cockiness, I guess, got the mm-hmm. better of Stroheim's decision making.
1: I kind of like that this scene though. It, it kind of it feels like a horror film because they just don't know what to expect out of Santana. Um, it, it, yeah, it just gave me those horror film vibes, especially when, like he when he comes out of the vent and you see like the, these blue lights that are his eyes first before he absorbs that that German soldier.
0: Yeah, I actually wrote the same thing that when Santana jumps inside the the soldier's face and takes over his body, that's some real horror movie shit. Mm-hmm. And I think I actually noted too that the soldier says he's not sure what's going on but that he's never felt so refreshed. And I found that super interesting Um, Because that's obviously not what you'd expect when another human being or not even human being, but another creature is like inside of your body. But it reminds me of how the masks turn people into vampires where they feel so powerful and so renewed. Like I think about Dio's reaction when he put the mask on. Um, So it's just interesting that anything to do with the mask and with this pillar man seems to give people this like sense of renewal.
1: I'm just wondering what the correlation is between this Pillar Man and the concept of being like vampires because it Santana doesn't have like fangs or anything or he doesn't look like he's cold-blooded or whatever. So, I was I was wondering that if he's if they're making him to be this ultimate being, like where is that in connection with like being a vampire?
0: Yep. Um, we'll, uh, we may or may not find out what that connection is, if there even is one, Iraqi forgot. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, I mean, it's a good point. You've got this ultimate being who supposedly made these masks, and these masks turn humans into vampires, and then those vampires turn other humans into zombies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just kind of following <laughs> that logic there, that JoJo logic. I don't understand it. We may never understand it, but that is a good question at this point in the show.
1: Mm -hmm. And another question that I have that's probably not going to be answered, and this is more of just like a a goof, I guess. There was the one part where the scientists say that they lost eyes on Santana after he absorbed uh, that prisoner that turned into a vampire. And a soldier comes out and says, oh, they have the film of like, the security footage, I guess. And the group is reviewing this film. I'm wondering, how did this film have so many different camera angles of Santana? Yeah,
0: it's literally, like, it's supposed to be, a like, a security cam. Yeah. But, like, it even looks inside of the vent as he's squeezing <laughs> through it. So um, it's very picturesque. It's, mm-hmm. it's very much a movie of Santana.
1: Yeah, and there's one shot where it's panning as he's, like, going up the wall. It's like, there was no film crew inside that that chamber and also so.
0: the the guy to your point the guy says that he only took his eyes off of him for a second mm-hmm. but the amount of time it actually takes Stro- stroheim it takes Santana to run jump twist his body and then wiggle it into the vent like i'm pretty sure that's more than just a second yeah so yeah there's again there's a lot of um plot holes (laughs) in this but Mm -hmm. jojo in general is full (laughs) of plot holes and we call them a rocky forgot okay yeah (laughs) that's what we mean when we say a (laughs) rocky forgot there's plot holes
1: but i guess like yeah the overall thing to take away from this is like the pillar man is a threat that like i said before is even bigger than dio so like, it left me wondering if, you know, a hormone user like Joseph would be enough to fend him off. And that just harkens back to Straitso's warning uh, um, in the previous episode about, about this ultimate being.
0: Yeah, actually, going back to kind of what you were saying, I-, I do love the slow buildup of dread throughout the scenes with Santana. I mean, this whole episode is one long build up of mm-hmm. dread. He's capable of things that are unthinkable. Like Stroheim freaks out at each of them. Um like again breaking his bones and twisting his body to fit inside of a vent or being able to hear Stroheim all the way from down inside of a sealed chamber. Um these things are just, you know, inconceivable for um for these German soldiers. And I I just love how he slowly acquires more and more intelligence as he feeds and as he observes everybody and kind of mimics them. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary to kind of think, like, you don't really know what this creature is capable of, mm-hmm. but you're very quickly learning how quickly it can learn and grow. Um, I do want to also call out the vampire that they feed to Santana. So first of all... Kudos to that vampire for having the best JoJo pose of this episode. <laughs> they like open up the doors, and this like grandpa turned vampire is in like this sexy pose with his arms up, and he's like kneeling down with his legs spread open for just kind of like presenting mm. himself to and <laughs> he, Santana. And he
1: had enough time to do makeup, apparently.
0: Yeah, what the fuck? And like this does not look like a, a grandpa at all. They said it was some like old man on the on the um, on doors. Oh my god. On death's door, is yeah, that what I'm trying to say. Knocking okay. on death's door, guys. I, I'm like all over the place right now, but yeah. So he turns into this crazy vampire who's got like nails going on and like makeup and shit. Um, but I found it interesting that nobody really freaked out at the sight of a vampire. Like they've we've ascended so far above the threat of vampires to this like completely unknown pillar man creature. That not even Speedwagon like bats an eye at the fact that there's a vampire right there in front of him.
1: Yeah, and I figure the the Germans have been experimenting so much in this facility that they've probably been used to seeing the power of the stone mask um, corrupting, corrupting all these people that they've placed the stone masks on.
0: Yeah, and maybe Speedwagon has seen so much shit with Dio that he's like, I don't even care now. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Dio. I've seen it all. I also want to call out Stroheim's voice actor's performance throughout this episode. Um, As we called out in the previous Strictly JoJo episode, this voice actor pushes things to the limit. Like, he... He goes all the way with his performance as Stroheim, and this episode I think is another great moment to highlight that his crazy laugh that he has when Santana first gets revealed, oh, yeah, like, like that maniacal. was, yeah, that was great. That was I, I I could feel my throat hurting just listening to him laugh. But just his panic, his his sheer terror that he expresses as Stroheim throughout this episode, um, is is just awesome. I think at one point at the end of the episode he says something like. I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Just like, what a thing to say as the leader of this German Nazi group who's also been mocking the shit out of Santana up until that point.
1: Mm-hmm. And then he says, like, oh, this must be destroyed before it reaches the great fatherland.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, again, kudos to Stroheim's voice actor. We'll continue to get more of his great performance Mm -hmm. um, as we progress here. And then I do also want to say that um, Speedwagon, at first not recognizing Joseph was really funny. Um, him saying that he doesn't want help from a German soldier <laughs> and just being stubborn-ass Speedwagon, that was great. But it's just funny that he doesn't recognize Joseph by you know his hair or his stature or even his voice. It's not until Joseph shows his brashness that Speedwagon finally like puts two and two together, yeah, that that's his nephew. I'm just like, of all things, it's his brashness. It's just how ridiculous Joseph is. He's like, oh, shit, that is Joseph, isn't it?
1: And I'm sure you caught this, but Joseph, once he realizes that his his chance to save Speedwagon is futile, he says, yare yare da.
0: Yare yare da. <laughs>
1: Which is a phrase that will be expanded upon in future parts. So it's it's nice to see that reference here in part two.
0: It gets passed down. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I just wanted to call out about this whole scene is at the very end of the episode, we get our first shot of the Joestar birthmark. So if you're wondering what that thing is on the back of Joseph's, not his neck, but I guess his like left his, shoulder, that yeah. that is the Joestar birthmark, and we'll learn more about that a bit later um, in the show.
1: So I was actually reading into this. Uh, this birthmark actually wasn't featured in the Part 2 manga. So, I think David Production had inserted this knowing that this is going to play a significant role in subsequent parts. But I thought if it took the shot of Joseph looking back with his shoulder off anyway, like his clothes coming off his shoulder, anyways, from the manga, like why not include this birthmark? Like, that's the perfect opportunity.
0: Wait, so you're saying that in the manga there's no shot of the birthmark.
1: Yeah, the birthmark doesn't appear in the manga, at this, in the part two manga.
0: Mm, interesting. Well, I'm glad that David Production put that in there. I almost now, hearing that, wish that they had given Jonathan a moment with his birthmark too. Because if they're going to add it anyway into part two, why not add it into part one as well to kind of keep that, that continuity?
1: That's true, because there was that one part where Jonathan's clothes burned off, and that would have been a nice opportunity unless it was something we just missed but
0: yeah we're gonna have to go back and double check now Mm -hmm. but hey we've got it now Joe Star birthmark we will talk more about that in future parts look forward to it
1: and then the credits roll and all you see is stroheim and santana that's nice (laughs) wait what in the credits i think there are flash you know like they have flashes of the characters that appear yeah i think there's a flash of stroheim which probably was oh, yeah, the, yeah. the previous credits but now there's one of santana
0: yeah i do appreciate that they continue to update the ending um uh, based on the characters that we have
1: mm-hmm. so that's that and now on to our final thoughts for part two episode three the pillar man the pillar So what did you think overall about this episode
0: i loved it i just think it's such a wild episode jam-packed with so much but really if you think about it it's only one thing that's happening most of this episode we get tequila joseph and speed the wagon um so some of the the best memes i think out there for part two um but yeah i I would say it's it's like there's so much going on but it's all just setting us up for the next episode so the next episode is going to be even more jam-packed than this one the slow buildup of dread and fear all leading up to this big oh shit moment that Stroheim and Speedwagon have at the end of the episode. It's just great. I love being able to witness that um, because sometimes in not only anime, but in entertainment in general, you kind of get the fast forward of what's happened. So you'll, you'll get this reveal of something and then you kind of get the after effect. But the fact that we get to have an entire episode dedicated to the discovery and you know, the, the learning process around Santana, I think is really cool. And I very much appreciate that. But what did you think?
1: No, I thought it was a good episode. Like we've been saying, not a lot happens besides, again, this introduction of the Pillarman, Santana. The Pillarman. The Pillarman, Mr. Pillarman. Um, and as I mentioned before, I kind of like that they they give this kind of horror movie element in introducing him um, in the series. Uh, I thought it was weird that, again, there was no explanation for Donovan Donovan Donovan. His abilities, or you know, how Santana has these OP abilities. Although, I guess calling him as an ultimate being makes that a bit of a given. Um, I guess on a more conceptual level, I'm wondering since it's been so long since we've seen part two and we're rewatching these episode by episode, if we will get more of these. I call, I call them like quote unquote transition episodes, that sort of link like one big action set piece episode to another. And let me clarify, I don't think this episode is filler. I still think it contains enough pretty important exposition to the story. And so you can't necessarily skip this part. But I think the difference between part one and part two is like with part one, Although it was short, it kind of had this luxury of cramming enough in each of the nine episodes where there wasn't really any lull in the action, if you know what I mean. But with part two, since it's taking place across 17 episodes, I feel like we may come across more of these, again, quote-unquote transition episodes. Not to say that they're terrible, but it still kind of leaves you wanting more. And everything that happens in this episode, again, is kind of just connecting us between... Joseph going into Mexico, and then us learning more about the Pillar Man, and now the big cliffhanger is Joseph facing off against the Pillar Man, um, which will go into episode four.
0: So it's interesting. We actually have very opposite takes on how they approached this this episode. Because on my end, I really enjoy the fact that we we got to witness everything as it was unfolding for everyone in this episode. Um, but on your end you would have liked to have seen it move a little bit quicker and maybe not have an entire episode dedicated to something like that. Right.
1: Yeah. Or at least I mean, add it's...
0: more into the episode that kind of brings the story forward.
1: I mean, I don't know if there was any like one good way to tackle this particular, um, portion of the story. Cause again, I, I understand that it's meant to connect us to, again, the showdown between Joseph and the pillar man. Um, so, uh, I guess I'll just accept it as part of the part two experience that we'll get these episodes.
0: Well, hey, we can at least agree that it's not filler. So, that's good. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. I
1: want to make that clear. This is not a filler episode. This is a, I'm going to call them transition episodes. <laughs>
0: that's such a nice way to put it. Mm-hmm. And that wraps up episode 12 of Strictly Jojo. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly Series and be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every other Monday. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series and connect with us there or on our website, thestrictlyseries.com to share your thoughts on Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. You'll also find more info on Strictly Anime, our other podcast for anime reviews and discussions. Thank you so much for listening and sharing our love of JoJo. Stay weeb everyone. To be continued.